Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Can you believe this? Say it with your chest. Looking to push tempo here, the Pelicans. What the Pell is up? Everyone, this is Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans with your host, Elliot Clough, at Elliot Clough on Twitter. That's E-L-I-O-T-C-L-O-U-G-H. And before we get started, got to give you that reminder. Go subscribe and or follow, depending on where you're listening to this podcast. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, make sure to leave that rate and review. It really, really helps us out, and we greatly, greatly appreciate it. Coming off the news from yesterday, some great stuff. Brandon Ingram winning the NBA's Most Improved Player Award. Talk about deservedly so. I tweeted this out yesterday, and unfortunately, it did have a typo in it, so it probably didn't get as much traction as it otherwise would have, but it's fine. It's okay. These are the improvements that that BI had from last year to this year. Per game, it's points 18.3 to 23.8, assists 3 to 4.2, rebounds to 5, excuse me, 5.1 to 6.1, percentages 3 point went 33% to 39.1%. This one's going to kick your ass. Free throw percentage, it went 67.5% to 85.1%. And B.I. hit more threes this season, 151, than his previous three seasons combined, 127. I believe the most was his rookie year at, at 55. And the question, generally speaking, when you look at most improved players, a lot of these guys, their minutes increase, which, I mean, if you're going from your rookie year to your sophomore year or your second year to your third year, that's that's kind of typical. Those are years of a lot of growth. You're, you're really getting smacked in the face with uh, what the NBA is like as opposed to what college basketball is like. And, and you get a lot of growth and you get a lot of full bore training in, but This year for Brandon Ingram, how much did his minutes increase, you might ask? He went from 33.8 minutes a game to 33.9 minutes per game. Almost dead the same. And you look at all those statistical increases, and you just got to give the leeway to Brandon Ingram. I mean, free throw percentage, like I said, is freaking wild. It went up almost 20%. Hit more threes in this season this season, as opposed to three seasons prior, and of course, just taking on that that big role that he took on, and we'll address that here in a second, but I saw these, <laughs> there was an account that uh, tweeted something about, did Bam Adebayo get robbed, the most improved player award, and Pelican's Twitter was not having it, I <laughs> it was uh, honestly kind of fun to see all the tweets of, of what people thought about that question and, and bam had a great season i love bam Adebayo. um he is kind of known as the one guy who can do something to stop Giannis. uh he's really had a great season he's kind of stepped up into that i don't want to say second man role behind jimmy butler because there's so much other talent on that heat team it's a lot of young talent so i guess you could say 
he is that second role. And I remember during the draft when he was taken, there's a lot of grading saying he, he wasn't a good pick. He was still pretty slender at that point in time, has put on a lot of weight since then and has really developed his game. The Heat are obviously incredible at developing game. I mean, you look at Duncan Robinson, you look at Kendrick Nunn, and then, of course, Bam. So he's done incredible. I mean, he he is a great player, but we referenced it early on, um, not necessarily early on in the podcast, but probably a month or two ago. I know David Grubb mentioned it on the Bird Calls podcast. He said that Bam played great, but really, I mean, his minutes went up by 10 per game. And so that's that's a lot, as opposed to what B.I. did, going up by 0.1 of a minute, whatever that is, six, that's six seconds, what the hell? Anyway, so six seconds versus 10 minutes is pretty hefty, and Bam's stats went up through the roof, but... Again, minutes are huge comparatively to what he did versus what Brandon Ingram did in terms of minutes change. Also, Bam didn't switch cities, systems, leave one of the greatest of players of all time behind in LeBron James. Didn't really felt like he got thrown to the side. I mean, he got B.I. got packaged with Josh Hart, Lonzo, and a bunch of picks. And said, ah, see you later. B.I., you've got a high ceiling, but we want Anthony Davis. Have fun in New Orleans. And what Brandon Ingram did is he took it. He embraced the situation. He owned where he was at. And he transcended what was expected of him. Another candidate that was largely, it wasn't really talked about a lot, was Jason Tatum. And, I mean, there were names like Luka Doncic, which he was already a star, so I don't know how you give him that. There was names like Trey Young that were in there. But I thought that Jason Tatum was more deservedly in the conversation. I mean, the conversation was really just about Bam and B.I. for the most part, and then it was just a mashup of guys, and Jason Tatum was in that mashup. But when you look at Tatum's stats, and also the fact that he was kind of made a joke on Twitter for the longest time. I mean, I participated. I said that I'd rather have John Morant long-term than Jason Tatum. And I tweeted that this fall. So, you know, not always 100% accurate. Yeah, that's okay. I'm a human. And Jason Tatum really, I don't know how active he is on Twitter, but he really took all that and got a hell of a lot better and became what, I mean, I was... If I'm going to be honest, I was joining the crowd. I thought Tatum was going to be great when he was first drafted. I thought that he was worth higher than that three pick. He should have gone to the Sixers, and the Sixers know that now. Obviously, everybody knows that now, not just uh, given the fact that Markel Fultz was traded to Orlando for you know a paperclip and some pennies. Anywho, Tatum, Tatum really should have been in the running. His minutes went up by just three per game, and... This is, yeah, his points per game really went up astronomically. He went from 15.7 points per game to 23.4. Some other stats that aren't crazy, 2.1 to, to 3 assists and 6 to 7 rebounds this year. So that points per game, he really took over more of a scoring role. That's, I mean, 8 points per game increases pretty significant. So Tatum, I really think, should have been in the conversation, but ultimately, you got to give this award to B.I. B.I. just really, he got better at everything, everything. 
and his minutes stayed the same. And that's just, that is what took him to that next level of saying, yes, he deserves this award. And again, I mean, like I said, he took over a star role, was sitting behind LeBron for last year, and then the previous two years, the Lakers were just bad. They were trying to figure it out. Brandon Ingram didn't really know where he fit in all of that. And so he, I mean, he was scoring, sure, 17 points a game last year, which is good for a second-year player, not not crazy, and he wasn't necessarily the focal point of the league, and now... I mean, New Orleans definitely isn't a focal, a focal point of the league, but playing alongside Zion and, and playing alongside Drew and, and the, new, the Pelicans were supposed to really be good this year, and it, it was a complete overhaul and, and everything like that. But, uh, yeah, like you said, he took over a star role, moved to a new city, and, and you got to give New Orleans <laughs> credit for its size, I guess. It, it's just a better fit for for bi and for what his personality tends to because i mean la as far as we know he just kind of stayed in his apartment um and i mean he was an active piece in resurrecting this franchise to relevancy again he took over in clutch moments sometimes that's a factor or that's a a facet of his game that needs to be improved but he did hit that game winner what should have been a game winner against the jazz and basically, I mean, he earned a max deal this season. Going from being a guy who's like, he's probably just going to be a fringe level scorer, maybe off the bench on a good team, like a like a Lou Williams, but probably to a lesser degree. I mean, he was coming out of the draft and everybody's like, this is the next Kevin Durant. This is the next Kevin Durant just because he was, you know, skinny and, and, and a good scorer. But his first two years in the league First three years in the league, it was just kind of like, Ooh, I don't know, he's a good scorer, but he's not going to be able to do anything else. And this year, he improved everything, everything, everything. Showed his dedication to the game by getting shots up every before every game with Fred Vinson, with Lonzo. To put it simply, B.I. deserve this. And honestly, this is all the more incentive for him to come back to New Orleans. I mean, you play this way after str- not necessarily struggling, but not playing to the degree that you could have in Los Angeles. And it's like, I'm with these guys. Let's do it. I mean, you like that smile that he had with J.J. Redick on the bench during the bubble. Like, how can you look at that and say, I don't know, he might leave. Also, he's on a restricted free agency deal. So and the Pels are going to offer him the max. Like, that'd be so stupid for them to not offer him the max. There is one thing that I don't want to say it's worrisome because I don't believe it is, but he did reference Alvin Gentry through the small amount of time that he got in the interview with TNT uh, about giving credit to Gentry for the opportunity that he put forth in front of him, the way that he coached and just BI showing some, some love to coach Gentry, which is great. I mean, it's been reiterated over and over and over again, Alvin Gentry is a great guy, and I think he did a lot for the confidence of some of these guys. We saw his comment on Lonzo's post fairly recently about his ability to reach greatness, and we'll talk about Zoe here in a second. But in reference to, to Gentry and Brandon Ingram, I mean, is, is Brandon Ingram going to leave? No. I mean, and probably not. He gave a lot of credit to Alvin in the interview process with TNT last night before the 
Oklahoma City and, or excuse me, before the Milwaukee Bucks and Miami Heat game. Does that mean he's going to leave? No. I I am pretty confident that B.I. is going to come back. Again, it's a restricted contract. The Pels can match any offer that he gets. And David Griffin's a smart guy. They're not just going to let B.I. walk. He and in Zion are going to be the cornerstones of this franchise for years to come. Now, with all of that said, there's been a lot of talk on the bird rights, and the bird calls, and on Twitter of the desire or, or the possibility of trading Lonzo Ball this offseason. There, there was a source, I guess, from Legion Hoops Ross, however legitimate that is. That's never really been a breaker of news among NBA guys like Woj or, or what have you. It does have 62,000 followers on Twitter, but I mean, what what sources are you getting at Legion Hoops? I, I just says he's been this Ross guy's been featured on ESPN, Fox Sports, SI Now and more. How legit that is, I guess you, you decide for yourself, but. Again, Lonzo being rumored to be the franchise point guard the Knicks are looking for. So, conversation started about trading Lonzo pretty much after that first game in the bubble. If they were real, there are some real pessimists on Twitter, I tell you that. Uh, and one of them is a Pelican account, and I'm just going to keep that to myself. But after the bubble, it was when it really started. There's been a huge push saying that Lonzo is trash and that he should be traded this offseason. And I mean, I said it on our last podcast with Ethan Piotta that ball was garbage. He sucked in the bubble. He sucked. That's a fact. Like, there's no getting around it. After averaging 12.4 points, 7 assists, 6.2 rebounds, and shooting 38% from 3 in the regular season... He averaged 5.7 points, 7 assists, 5.3 rebounds while shooting 9 point, excuse me, 19.2% from the three-point line in the bubble and that's the first 6 games. The ones that actually mattered and the ones that the Pels needed him to step up at least to some degree or just play like he did in the regular season and he just looked flat and well in the bubble, Zoe continued to shoot when he looked awful. And as a point guard, that's not your role. If you're not a score-first point guard, which Lonzo isn't, why keep shooting? Just continue to facilitate. Push the pace. The Pels went from second in the league in pace during the regular season to eighth in pace in the bubble among eight fewer teams. 22 teams in the bubble, 30 teams in the regular season, and they dropped six spots in the bubble. Zoe is known for pace. Zoe is known for grabbing the, the ball and looking up. He still had some incredible passes up the floor, but it just it just looked like the Pelicans didn't care. And as a point guard, you're the quarterback. JJ is supposedly the leader of this team, but there's just no there was no gumption there. And as a point guard, you got to take that role, no matter what your personality is. Didn't attack the rim like he needs to. I mean, he just doesn't do that during the regular season either. But if you're not making jump shots, you're not making three-pointers, you're not facilitating. <laughs> Attacking the rim is basically the last thing you can do uh, on offense. It was just non-existent there. He was like, I mean, it was like you put one of your bench guys out there to start. I mean, it was just ugly. It looked like he didn't care. He wasn't there mentally. 
there were sources saying that he just was basically absent mentally in, in the bubble. And looking at his stats and looking at the way he played, the eye test, I believe it. Lonzo looked awful, atrocious in the bubble. We can all agree on that. That is facts. But we have a larger sample size from this season. And that's the actual regular season. You know, he always missed one layup. He did <laughs> every game without fault. Gonna have Alonzo missed layup no matter what. He didn't attack the basket like he could and like he should. And he is a quiet guy. Again, all true. This is bubble. This is regular season. All true. We got to look at the things he did well. We, as human beings, we dictate the way we think. It's either success conscious or failure conscious. And if we come to failure conscious, everything's going to fall that way. You become success conscious, not everything's going to fall that way, but more things are going to fall that way. It's like the law of attraction, you know? The more you keep your mind on things that you want, the more it's going to, you know, reality is going to figure it out for you. It's much more complex than that. Don't take your life philosophies from this Pelicans podcast. Zosha, what I'm getting at, what I'm getting at is that Zosha showed plenty of promise in 2019-2020. Think about it. He did push it. Like I said, second in pace in the league according to Synergy. Plays good perimeter defense. Shooting improved astronomically. That's something that announcers talked about in every single basketball game. Whether it was Antonio Daniels and Joel Myers, or whether it was an opposing team saying, Lonzo's bringing up the court. That's a guy that's percentage has increased. He's become so much better of a shooter this year. Credit to Fred Vinson, etc., etc. I mean, I'm just going to reiterate these stats compared to what they were in the bubble. It was 12.4 points, 7 to 6 assists, 6.2 rebounds, and he shot 38.3% from the beyond the arc. Did he still struggle from the free throw line? Yeah, but that's something that else that can be improved with more work with Fred Vinson. I really hope that he sticks around this coming year that the new coach who the Pels bring in will, will take over and do well and grab Vincent and, and bring him back. But anywho, that increased just half of what we saw from Brandon Ingram. But he did go from, he was shooting 41.7% from the free throw line last year in 47 games. And this year he went up to 56.6 in 63 games. That's a lot. 56 is, is bad. That's not what you want from your point guard. He needs to get better. But a 15% increase from the free throw line is pretty damn significant. We talked about Brandon Ingram's going up almost 20%. Granted, it went up from 67 to 85, which is crazy. But Zoe got better from there as well. And as he continues to get better at the three-point shot, he's going to get better at the free throw line as well. And in terms of percentage increase from last year to this year in the three-point line, it did go up. About 6% for Zoe from the three-point line as well. So not quite as drastic as it was for the free throw line. Same for, for Brandon Ingram. But 
what I'm getting at is that Zoe had some pretty damn solid play this year. He is a good point guard. Is he the best point guard in the league? No. But is he the 26th the best point guard in the league according to 2K? According to 2K he is, but in the actual reality, no, I don't think so. He's not the star that his dad pegged him to be, nor should he be. That's not who he is. LeVar Ball is a nutbag. Zoe needs to get better at attacking the basket. I'd like to see his assists go up to closer to 10 a game. But he showed plenty of promise in 2019-2020. Zoe grew this year. Pelicans don't need him to be a star. They just don't. Expectations went through the freaking roof. And for good reason. Pelicans flipped that roster on its head, like we said a bunch of times. I mean, I wrote an article saying the Pels are going to be better in the bubble than they were in the regular season, and I was wrong. Wow, I was wrong. (laughs) And Zion looked cut, and we were really ready for the Pels to succeed right away. And it didn't happen. And that's okay. But Pels fans, we got to just take a breath. Got to take a breath. Got to say... Yeah, the Pels probably aren't going to win the NBA championship this year, but they're going to be a hell of a lot better than what they were, assuming David Griffin does the things that we need him to do and they hire a good head coach and, and go about this offseason well. I mean, and if the Pels retain Fred Vinson, he'll continue to work on that jump shot. Imagine what he can do with a coach that instills a defense and accountability. You know Gentry didn't say, Lonzo, we need more from you in, in the bubble. Just, I mean, that's just not his demeanor. And he might have said that verbatim, but he didn't say, Lonzo, this is your job. You got to pick it up. You got to be better. Nobody on the team did that either. Imagine if the team gets an asshole this offseason. That'll be awesome. And I mean, you're telling me you don't want to see him play another year with Zion? You're telling me you don't think he can continue to be a solid team defender for the Pels? I'm just going to go back to this coach instilling a defense and accountability thing. Let's say the Pels bring in... Let's say the Pels bring in Kenny Atkinson. With all of the development that he has done in his career as a head coach, D'Angelo Russell, Karis LeVert, Jarrett Allen, Joe Harris. You're telling me you don't want to see that? I want to know who the next coach is before we really say Zoe's done. I want to see another season in its entirety, but who the next coach is is really going to help. I want to see Kenny Atkinson coach Lonzo Ball. I want to see somebody that's going to come in and get guys to buy in and get guys to play defense and get guys to develop and continue to get better. And then we can determine what Zoe's future will be after this coming season. There's a lot of good candidates out there. Nate McMillan is a good coach. Ask Kevin Berrios and he'd say something different. I'd be interested to see what Ty Lue does with him, because he coached Kyrie Irving. I mean, Darvin Ham, Ime Adoka... These guys could come in and instill something and get a fire under Lonzo's butt that would make him better this season and give him another shot. Now is not the time to move on from Lonzo Ball. Also, what kind of trade value are you going to get from Lonzo after the bubble? 
if the Pels can get picks, like a, like two first-round picks for Zoe, by all means. If they can get another starting point guard or another, I mean, like a wing guy, and how are they going to replace their point guard? Who's it going to be? Frank Jackson? You can say trade Lonzo, trade Lonzo, trade Lonzo all you want, but what are you going to get in return? I mean, if the Knicks really want this guy, they're going to have to bring in a third team to get him. Because, I mean, you look at the Knicks roster, obviously the Knicks roster roster sucks. The Knicks are garbage. And, like, what are they going to get in, what are the Pels going to get in return? They'd have to get Alfred Payton from them. And we know Alfred Payton, he's not going to change your team by any means. He's a decent point guard, he's an NBA starter, but he's not going to do a whole lot for him. Obviously, the Pels would want Mitchell Robinson out of that. Are the Knicks going to give him up? Probably not. And the Pels are going to want a round one, their round one number eight overall pick. And in this draft, is it really going to be good enough for you? This draft is is good. I just wrote an article about who the Pels should go after, and if you missed that, go check it out. And we talked about it on this last podcast with Ethan Piotta. But what are the Pels going to get from Alonzo trade? That's the question. What team out there is dying for Alonzo? I say the Pels take this year, give him a new coach, give him some new pieces this offseason because we don't know what they're going to do, who they're going to get, and see what he does. And if he really believes that he can continue to be successful in New Orleans, he will come back. Brandon Ingram's going to be here. Josh Hart's more than likely going to be here. Zion. These are guys that are part of his core. These are This is the city where he's played his best in. If he thinks he wants to move on, fine. But give him a year. And let David Griffin figure it out. Let this new coach try to do something different with him. I would freaking love some accountability. Damn, I would love some accountability. I think that could really change the culture in New Orleans, and I think that could really do a lot for Lonzo Ball. So wrap all of that up. Before you say trade Lonzo, trade Lonzo, trade Lonzo, think about what they're going to get in return. Think about what he did during this regular season. Think about how damn fun it was to watch him play with Zion Williamson. Think about his perimeter defense, which the Pels need greatly. We all know how bad their defense was this year. And think about the potential that we've all seen from Zoe in his career in New Orleans. Think about what he can be. Giving a player one year and having his best year thus far, and then an eight-game stretch where he plays like garbage and saying, trade him, trade him, trade him. That's not fair. It's not fair at all. So let's bring him back. See what he can do. Pels fans, go follow at Elliot Clough on Twitter. You're going to be getting all the Pelicans content over there. I'm interacting with other guys who are in Pelicans Twitter. Louis Prejean, Ali Cosell, Chris Connor, uh, Antonio Daniels from time to time. So you're going to be getting all the Pelicans content there. And you're going to be seeing a bunch of other Pelicans, Twitter people interact with me, and it's fun. It's really fun.
And while you're here, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure you subscribe, leave a rate and review. Do it! That really, 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 really helps us out. Continue to do that. It's going to get us a little bit of exposure. And we're going to continue to be getting these guests and getting you the best quality Pels content as possible. Go follow Believe on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and you can check out a plethora of their other podcasts on Believe.com or just head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you're listening to this podcast right here. And you can check out some more Pelicans coverage on SB Nation's The Bird Rights. Just put up a draft article, like I said, over there so you can check that out. That will include work from other guests that have been on this podcast, like Preston Ellis, Ali Cosell, Chris Connor, Kevin Berrios, and David Grubb. And don't forget... Pels fans, go over to Twitter at Elliot Clough and leave that rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Folks, it's been a fun one. Let's keep it rolling. I am Elliot Clough, and this was Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.